When the enemy attacks or hits you with a temptation, how are you to respond? Pastor Ed Taylor helps us with that next. Next time you face the demonic realm, you need to follow the word that Jesus says, hey, it is written. You answer the devil with the word of God. You answer the devil's lies. As we were praying, even just thinking, uh, praying through the hopeless and the hurting and the isolated, you know, when your feelings are telling you lies, you need to answer them. Learning to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And the way that we do that is we answer those lies with the truth of God's word. Yeah, there's a demonic realm and there's sometimes even successfully. But we don't yell at the devil. We don't talk at the devil. We don't kick the devil, throw the devil. We just trust in the faithfulness and the power of God. This is amazing grace. It's time for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Glad you could join us as we continue a series in Daniel. We'll be completing chapter 10 on today's broadcast. To bring you up to speed, here's what's been going on. Daniel is desperate and seeking God. He's been waiting three weeks for an answer to prayer. There was a battle going on in the spiritual realm. Well, now today, Daniel is going to receive an answer and it is encouraging not only to him, but us as well. As we begin our lesson, Pastor Ed shows us what to do and how to think when we're waiting for an answer to prayer, like Daniel was. In verse 13, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. And by the way, this is that section of scripture that says, well, wait a minute. If this was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ, then how can, there be resi- how can he be resistant? You know, how can he face resistance from these um, demonic realm, these dem- demons, you know, these, these angels in the demonic realm of the devil of Persia? And here's the thing. Jesus is able to allow, even God allowed the devil to be in his presence in heaven. So God is sovereign. He can allow the devil to think he's making progress. Remember Jesus went into the, he willingly went into the wilderness and he let the devil take him on. I mean, he could have wiped the devil out in a heartbeat. So I I know that, you know, expositionally you can make an argument either way, but don't, don't get caught up in it. I want us to draw near uh, and understand that this prince doesn't seem to be human, but angelic, uh, an angelic demonic force. Because men don't successfully detain angels or pause them. The prince of Persia appears to be a title for a demon that was dispatched by the devil himself to hinder the work and hinder the answer of God. And then you jump down to verse 20. It says, he replied, do you know why I've come? Soon I must return and fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. You know, the demonic realm. 
And I believe we're just given an insight and a glimpse of what goes on in the unseen world, in the invisible world around us. Remember, there's a physical world and there's a spiritual world. There's light and there's darkness. And it makes me wonder if the prince of Persia, this demon from the area of Persia or this demon from Greece was so bad, then what about other cities and what about other locations? What kind of demonic forces are in Aurora, are in Denver, are over Colorado? Like what demonic forces are happening behind the scenes that are sent to discourage, that are sent to take us down? There are demonic influences and there are good angelic influences. Remember, a third of the angels, the Bible teaches us, followed Satan in his rebellion. Jot it down in Ephesians chapter 6. It seems to be a, um, a theme in our Bible studies. Ephesians 6 verse 12, as they kind of back up weekends, Wednesdays. Uh, it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. You memorize this as we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Well, here the New Living Translation says, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So demons don't like you. That's the bad news. And it's too bad that so many Christians only focus on the bad news. And all these ministries, this deliverance ministries and, and talking to the demon ministries. And, and it's all just weird, unbiblical stuff that's made up. For every bad angel, for every demon, there's two good angels. But even if there were no angels at all, and for every wicked, nasty demon that exists, God reigns supreme. God reigns supreme. And everything that enters into our life all the spiritual warfare. And let me just say, we have a threefold enemy, remember? We wrestle against the, the world, the flesh, the world, and the devil. And we often think that it's the world that causes us more problems, and it's the devil that causes us most problems. But haven't you found that you have a tendency to be your own worst enemy? that it's your flesh and your old sinful habit patterns that often get the best of you. You know, there used to be a comedian many years ago that would have a little comedy bit that said, oh, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do anything. The devil used the world system to tempt you and entice you and to inflame your flesh and you made you do it. If you blame it on the devil and you blame it on the world, and you blame it on your ex-spouse, and you blame it on that situation, and you blame it on the government, and you just walk around as a victim all the time, then you are not giving credit to the power of God that has declared us not to be victims, but to be victorious. The Bible says that Jesus always leads us in victory. And so we need to acknowledge that it's our flesh. It's our sinfulness that needs to be repented of, that we would have a godly sorrow, it's true there's demonic realm, no doubt. It's true that we wrestle in the demonic, in the spiritual realm. And, and it's true that Satan's demonic army is organized and determined and even is successful at times. But the devil's no match for God. Next time you face the demonic realm, you need to follow the word that Jesus says, hey, it is written. You answer the devil with the word of God. You answer the devil's lies as we were praying, even just thinking, uh, praying through the hopeless and the hurting and the isolated, 
you know, when your feelings are telling you lies, you need to answer them. Learning to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And the way that we do that is we answer those lies with the truth of God's word. Yeah, there's a demonic realm and there's sometimes even successfully. But we don't yell at the devil. We don't talk at the devil. We don't kick the devil, throw the devil. We just trust in the faithfulness and the power of God. We know that Satan's the ruler of this world the ruler of the system of this world. In John chapter 12, verse 31, it says, the time for judging this world has come when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four says, Satan, who is the God, little g, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 says, You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. But the devil's not omnipresent. The devil's not omnipotent. He can't be everywhere at the same. He doesn't have power over God. He is not God's equal. Sometimes the spiritual warfare is set as, well, you know, God is God and the devil is the devil and they're equals. No, no way. The devil is a created fallen being that will spend eternity in the lake of fire at the end of the great tribulation period. He'll be released a little bit and then completely sent forever in eternity. And this is the key to the devil. You ready? You don't scream at him. You don't yell at him. You don't kick him. You don't throw rocks at him. You don't uh, dance around and do... This is what the Bible says. Listen, this might be new revelation because you might have learned the wrong way. And, and this is what the Bible says. You ready? In James chapter 4, verse 7. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Resist the devil. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him, and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. How do we resist him? Listen, Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a man, young man stay pure? You might have memorized it in New King James. That's how I memorize it. How can a young man cleanse his way? By obeying your word. Or in the Old King James, by taking heed to the word of God. 2 Timothy 2.22. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts and instead pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of all those who call upon the name of the Lord with pure hearts. And I love how the chapter ends. Notice in verse 15. While he was speaking to me, I looked down at the ground, unable to say a word. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and I began to speak. I said to the one standing, I'm filled with anguish because of the vision that I've seen, my Lord. I'm very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt strength returning. Oh, I love that. I just pray that into your life, that the Lord would touch you, and you would feel strength returning, that you would feel like that supernatural presence of the Spirit of God. Don't be afraid, he says, verse 19, for you are precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. 
And as he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger. And I said to him, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. And he replied, do you know why I've come? Soon I must return to fight against the spirit, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after the spirit, the prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Meanwhile, I'll tell you that it is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirit princes except Michael, your spirit prince. I have been standing beside Michael to support and strengthen him since the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede. And I just love how this is encouragement in this dialogue. He's lifted up. He's built up. He, it's, he's reminded that he's precious to God, that he's beloved of God. It's, don't fear. Be strong. Peace to you. And why are these words encouraging? Because the battle never ends. And you go, Ed, well, that's really encouraging, but it is. Like, I want you to know that the battle never ends. That way you won't be surprised when a new warfare comes in, where a new attack comes in, where a new temptation comes in. My pastor Jeff would always teach us, and still to this day, he would say, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. And we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle, church. It's the battle for our strength. It's the battle for our mind. It's the battle for what we'll believe. Because the devil knows that what you believe will dictate how you behave. So if you believe a lie, then you will live a life full of lies. But if you believe the truth and you will put up a good fight, the angel goes back to fight again. And the angel goes back to fight again. And we as brothers and sisters in the Lord fight together too. So can I just ask you in this time of, of, you know, safe at home, stay at home, safer at home, however long it lasts. Listen, would you intercede for your brothers? Will you pray for your sisters? Will will you take all that time that, that has been used in other ways and start to fight for your brothers and sisters? Start to stand in the gap. Because the doors might be closed. We can't even make a hospital visit right now. We can't go visit you in the hospital. And there's resistance to, I mean, we could go and if needed, if you're sick at home, we could come. But then they want us to keep six feet. And, and I've found this lately. I've just been praying by laying on in hands. Like here, I've just been praying and, and nobody's gotten mad at me yet. But like, I'm just laying on in hands. I'm, I, I don't want to be unwise. I, I want to be careful for the other person. But just sometimes you just got to lay hands. And so maybe spiritually, you got to pray for that prodigal and just lay hands. You got to pray for that neighbor. You got to pray for the person that you met last time. You got to pray for the person. Like I got an email recently of a brother that walked into our church right before the crisis and he had come up. I remember him. Uh, He came up after a service and he was really, really down, really discouraged and and just, just going through it. And he wanted prayer and I gave him a little bit of advice. And then he wrote back and said, you know, I walked in that night with suicidal thoughts and I followed your advice and I don't have those. I'm, I'm alive here six weeks later. We've got to battle for brothers and sisters like that because it's hard. It's hard without the restrictions. How much more with them? We're a family church. We're not a perfect family. You know, sometimes you'll we'll describe our church as a family and we're like, well, you know, that's not the, that family is, is broken. It is. It is. We're all broken people. And we all got that cousin and that aunt. And, and we're, you know, we always think of that cousin and that aunt. But, you know, somebody sees you <laughs> as that cousin, as that aunt, you know. And we're just a family. But families, we work through things. Families, we acknowledge, you know, that, hey, I love you. You love me. And we love unconditionally. Some of the greatest unconditional, I mean, some of the best unconditional love I've ever experienced has been in my own family. And I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for my wife. 
grateful for my three kids, even though one of them's in the presence of the Lord right now without sickness or sorrow. Uh, he loved me unconditionally, and I received that. And I've experienced unconditional love from many people in this fellowship, from many of you, and I'm thankful. I mean, I can think of people where I've made mistakes and where I've said something or done something, and then they, they've come to me, and they've, we've talked it through, and, and we've asked for forgiveness, and I thank you for that. I thank you for walking in the Spirit. And many of you have failed me. And we, that's the way it is. But together we're the body of Christ. And we need to stand for each other. We need to watch each other's backs. We don't want to bite and devour one another. Hey, hold your place. Go over to Galatians chapter 6. This is where we're going to wind down today. Galatians chapter 6. Because there's this warning in Galatians that we, we need to take to heart. You know, when sin creeps in, when it breaks a person, when it shatters, like I don't know why we think when we come to church like there's not going to be sin. This church is filled with sinners. And like Paul, there are times when I feel like I'm chief. I'm the chiefest of sinners. And you're like, wait a minute, Ed, you're the pastor. Yeah, but man, my life, I need more of the Spirit. And so when we find that, that sin destroys, rather than being hypercritical and all judgmental, Notice in verse 1 of chapter 6 of Galatians, I pray that we would have a heart to restore, that we would have a heart to forgive. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. And if you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. You know, literally, that, that sense of bringing a person back as we gently and humbly help. In the New King James, that word is restore. And the Greek word literally means to set a broken bone. That, that you might be restored. Daniel was desperate in this time in his life. And in his desperation, he was seeking the Lord wanting to stand in the gap for his people, for his nation, wanting to see God's grace and God's mercy. And I, I turn from Galatians. Don't go back there with me because I, this is my final exhortation for us. You know, what's a desperate person to do? We're to seek God and we're to be to desperate with one another. And we're to ask God to answer our prayers, that we're to seek him and how careful we need to be not to bite and devour one another. Galatians 5, verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom my brothers and sisters. This is Galatians 5, 13. And it's so important. We needed to find it. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Hey, if you're always church, let us be known like Jesus said by our love for one another. I, wanna, I want that to be the word. Daniel's desperate. Daniel's in a place of seeking God. He's waiting 21 days for the answer. There's a battle in the spiritual realm of the answer coming. He doesn't know when the answer is going to come. Finally, he gets the answer. And part of the answer is not just the revelation that's going to come, but part of the answer is encouragement. Part of the answer is, Daniel, you're beloved. You're precious. And that's the word of the Lord to you. Maybe you've had a brother bite or devour you. Somebody talking about you behind your back, gossiping, lying, finding yourself in a place of just like, what is wrong with the church? What is wrong with the church? Well, well there's a lot wrong with the church. 
But let us be one last person. Let us be one last person biting, devouring, pointing the finger of judgment. But let us go alongside a brother like it says in chapter 6 and let's restore such a one. Let's build them up. Let's humbly and gently help the body. Let's help them get up. Let's speak the truth in love. The worst thing you could do to another brother is lie to him and lie to her and not say the truth and hide things in the shadows and make up all these lies and justifications. That doesn't help the body of Christ. Because I know some of you are listening and you've been hurt by a church and you've been hurt by another believer, maybe even this church or a believer here. And it's pushed you away from God. But Jesus, he's calling you to himself. You need to come back. You need to come back to your relationship with Jesus. And for some, you need to come for the very first time. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want to invite you to follow Jesus today. I want you to come to a saving knowledge. Some of you may be just affirming in this time that God's been speaking to you about fasting, about giving, about praying. Uh, Maybe you felt like you've been alone or isolated because you've been praying. You haven't got the answer that you've wanted. And God is just reminding you today how much he loves you, how precious you are to him. Be strengthened that God from the inside out wants you to know how much he loves you. And and there's some of you for the very first time you need to repent of your sins. So I want to help you do that. I want to help you confess with your mouth today. And I want to help you pray to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and repent of your sins. You ready? Say this after me. God, I admit that I've sinned against you and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I want to follow you with all of my life from this day forward. I believe you sent Jesus Christ to die for my sins. And I know that he rose again from the dead. And help me, God, to turn away from my sinful past and to dedicate my life to following you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. That is Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And Pastor Ed, maybe someone listening right now prayed along with you to receive Christ into their lives. What would you like to say to them? And what are some good next steps? Well, if you prayed with me today to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, welcome to the family of God. The Bible says that a person that's born again is a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And even if you didn't feel anything, even it seems like, well, I don't know, I just, I just asked God, but nothing really happened. No, listen, by faith, a lot happened. And so I want to encourage you, visit our website, AboundingGraceRadio.com, AboundingGraceRadio.com, and go to the How to Know God section and download the information that's needed for you to take the next steps in following Christ, in relationship with Him. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know of your decision. But I I would just add one more thing. I mean, we could go on and on because I get so excited about these things. I would add this. Don't be surprised when life gets hard or even harder. If someone told you along the way that coming to faith in Christ or starting a relationship with God meant all your pain's going to go away and you're never going to have any more trials. You're never going to have any more difficulties. It wasn't true. They didn't tell you the truth. You have entered into one of the greatest, greatest, biggest battles in your life. And you will find that things will get harder, not easier. 
and more challenging on it for a variety of different reasons, but simply because you've chosen sides and it's a good choice that you've made. You've chosen sides in this cosmic spiritual warfare and battle between God and the devil. And because you've chosen sides, you're protected, you're guarded, but because of sin, what you just confessed, the world is suffering the effects of sin and it's not going to be easier. It's probably going to be harder. However, it's going to be glorious because of your relationship with God. Your eyes are open spiritually. You're going to begin to understand what the Bible says. You're going to have a new love, a new desire to help people. When you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you love your neighbors, yourselves. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God, and I can't wait to hear from you personally. Thanks, Ed. And again, you can contact us through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. And by the way, that's also the place to turn for a replay of today's program. This month, we picked out a book we think you'll enjoy. It would even make a great gift or stocking stuffer. It's The Case for Christmas by Lee Strobel. Sort of like a journalist, Lee Strobel investigates the identity of the child in the manger, focusing on the hows and whys of Christmas. It'll serve to reaffirm your faith and help seekers pursue solid answers about the first coming of Christ. We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. To request the case for Christmas, please call toll-free 877-30-GRACE. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. 